Welcome to the Wise Crone Cottage Podcast with storyteller Kathy Shimpock. Here we'll meet the crone and uncover her wisdom as found in fairy tales, folk tales, and myths. For it is true that stories, as it is with many people, become better as they grow older. Know that no matter how difficult your journey has been through the magical forest, the wise crone always opens her door to you. In this episode, I'll read you the grim tale of the shoes that were danced to pieces. We'll also explore how the crone handles youthful indulgence. A great while ago, when the world was full of wonders. The Shoes That Were Danced to Pieces is a grim tale known by several different names, including the Twelve Dancing Princesses and the Worn Shoes. The Grimm brothers attributed this tale to some friends who said they had heard the story in Munster. Sith Thompson believed it dated back to the 17th century. If true, this would be a fairly current tale. There are many other variations found throughout Germany and Central Europe. One of my favorites is the British story, Katie Crackernuts. This story shifts the gender roles. Katie becomes a hero to save a prince from a fairy curse. It's a wonderful story, for Katie gets help from a henwife, a figure closely related to the crone. But now, a story. Not in my time, not in your time, but in the wise crone's time. The Shoes That Were Danced to Pieces, as reported by Jacob and Wilhelm Grimm. Once upon a time, there was a king who had twelve daughters, each one more beautiful than the others. They slept together in one room, where their beds stood next to each other. At night, when they were lying there, the king closed their door and barred it. However, when he opened it the next morning, he saw that their shoes had been danced to pieces. No one could determine how it had happened. Then the king proclaimed that whoever could discover where they went dancing each night could choose one of them for his wife and become king after his death. However, anyone who attempted this but failed to make the discovery after three days and nights would forfeit his life. A prince soon presented himself, offering to undertake the venture. He was well received, and that evening was taken to a room adjacent to the bedroom. A bed was made for him there, and he was told to watch where they went and danced. So they would not be able to do anything in secret or go out to some other place. The door to their room was left open. However, the prince's eyes felt as heavy as lead, and he fell asleep. When he awoke the next morning, the twelve had been dancing for their shoes all had holes in their soles. The same thing happened the second and the third evenings, and his head was chopped off without mercy. Many others came to try this risky venture, but they too all lost their lives. Now it happened that a poor soldier who was wounded and could no longer serve in the army was making his way to the city where the king lived. An old woman met him and asked him where he was going. 
I'm not exactly sure myself, he said, then jokingly added, but I would like to discover where the princesses are dancing their shoes to pieces and then become king. That's not so difficult, said the old woman. Do not drink the wine that they will bring you in the evening. Then she gave him a cloak and said, When you put this on, you will become invisible and you can follow the twelve. Having received this good advice, the soldier became serious, took heart, went to the king and announced himself as a suitor. He, like the others, was well received and was given royal clothes to wear. That evening at bedtime, he was escorted to the anteroom. Just as he was going to bed, the oldest princess brought him a goblet of wine. However, he had tied a sponge beneath his chin and let the wine run into it, drinking not a single drop himself. He lay down and after a little while began to snore as if he were in the deepest sleep. The twelve princesses heard him and laughed. The oldest one said, He could have spared his life as well. Then they got up opened their wardrobes, chests, and closets, took out their best clothes, and made themselves beautiful in front of their mirrors, all the time jumping about in anticipation of the dance. Only the youngest one said, I'm not sure. You are all very happy, but I'm afraid that something bad is going to happen. You snow goose, said the oldest one. You're always afraid. Have you forgotten how many princes have been here for nothing? I wouldn't even have had to give this soldier a sleeping potion. He would never have woken up. When they were ready, they first approached the soldier, but he did not move at all. And as soon as they thought it was safe, the oldest one went to her bed and knocked on it. It immediately sank beneath the floor and they all climbed down through the opening, one after the other, the oldest one leading the way. The soldier saw everything, and without hesitation, he put on the cloak and followed after the youngest one. Halfway down the stairs, he stepped on her dress. Frightened, she called out, Who's there? Who's holding my dress? Don't be stupid said the oldest one. You just caught yourself on a hook. They continued until they came to a magnificent walkway between rows of trees. Their leaves were all made of silver and they shone and glistened. The soldier thought to himself, you'd better take some proof, and he broke off a twig. A loud cracking sound came from the tree. The youngest one called out again, it's not right. Didn't you hear that sound? The oldest one said, that is just a joyful salute that they are firing because soon we will have disenchanted our princess. Then they came to a walkway where the trees were all made of gold and finally to a third one where they were made of clear diamonds. He broke a twig from each of these. The cracking sound frightened the youngest one each time, but the oldest one insisted that it was only the sounds of joyful salutes. They continued on until they came to a large body of water. Twelve boats were there, and in each boat there sat a handsome prince waiting for them. 
Each prince took a princess into his boat. The soldier sat next to the youngest princess, and her prince said, I don't know why the boat is so much heavier today. I have to row with all my strength in order to make it go. It must be the warm weather, said the youngest princess. It's too hot for me as well. On the other side of the water, there was a beautiful, brightly illuminated castle. Joyful music, kettle drums, and trumpets sounded forth. They rode over and went inside. Each prince danced with the princess. The invisible soldier danced along as well, and whenever a princess held up a goblet of wine, he drank it empty as she lifted it to her mouth. This always frightened the youngest one, but the oldest one silenced her every time. They danced there until three o'clock the next morning when their shoes were danced to pieces and they had to stop. The princess rowed them back across the water. This time the soldier took a seat next to the oldest princess in the lead boat. They took leave from their princess on the bank and promised to come back the next night. When they were on the steps, the soldier ran ahead and got into bed. When the twelve tired princesses came in slowly, he was again snoring so loudly that they could all hear him. We are safe from him, they said. Then they took off their beautiful clothes and put them away, placed their worn-out shoes under their beds, and went to bed. The next morning the soldier said nothing, for he wanted to see the amazing thing once again. He went along the second and third nights, and everything happened as before. Each time they danced until their shoes were in pieces. The third time he also took along a goblet as a piece of evidence. The hour came when he was to give his answer, and he brought the three twigs and the goblet before the king. The twelve princesses stood behind the door and listened to what he had to say. The king asked, where did my daughters dance their shoes to pieces? He answered, In an underground castle with twelve princes. Then he told the whole story and brought forth the pieces of evidence. The king summoned his daughter and asked them if the soldier had told the truth. Seeing that they had been betrayed and that their denials did no good, they had to admit everything. Then the king asked him which one he wanted for a wife. He answered, I myself am no longer young, so give me the oldest one. Their wedding was held the same day, and the kingdom was promised to him following the king's death, but the princes had as many days added to their curse as they had spent nights dancing with the twelve princesses. You may be wondering how I know these old stories, but that is a story for another day. The moral of the story is... The Shoes That Were Danced to Pieces is the perfect example of a folktale. The characters are stereotypical, the land enchanted, and the consequences of failure quite dire. And in folktale fashion, there is much missing and many questions remaining unanswered. As a storyteller, I see that as evidence of the oral tradition. The stories that were recorded by the Grimm brothers were summaries of the actual tales. 
the answers to the who, what, when, where, and why questions were fleshed out by each teller. The answers varied, perhaps in every telling. Accordingly, there are many interpretations of this tale, all of which could be true. Yet this is the story that whispers to me. The story begins with a king who locks his twelve daughters into a single bedchamber. Is this the action of an evil controlling father or a parent who is desperately trying to protect his wayward and rebellious daughters? Either way, the punishment is not working. Every night, the daughters sneak out of the castle, and each day they are found with their satin dancing shoes worn and tattered. In desperation, the king makes a proclamation. If you discover the secret, I'll give you one of my daughters. Yes, sadly, it's a tale of patriarchy. Women are the property of their fathers and later their husbands. But this proclamation has a common catch. You have three tries, and should you fail, you die. Many unworthy princes and men of aristocratic lineage try and fail. Off with their heads. But slow down a minute. It's not a fair fight. The princesses have a hand in their failure. The eldest gives the would-be suitor a sleeping potion in a glass of wine. This nefarious act comes from the very princesses who are thought to be virtuous through their beauty, innocent, and in need of protection. And even worse, they laugh at the stupidity of the men who drink the potion and show no sign of remorse at their death. Is this how proper princesses act? Sneaking out at night to meet for a romantic rendezvous, perhaps, but precipitating the death of another? Of course not. So how do these rebellious teens end up in such a quandary? Ah, perhaps it is not so surprising after all. The princesses go to an other world, a world between life and death, where magic and fairies exist. It's a world where nothing is as it appears. Trickery is common, and people can become trapped. This other world is a fairyland where trees are made of silver, gold, and diamonds. The princesses dance with princes who are also cursed, or perhaps they are simply fairies who transform themselves into handsome princes. We'll never know. The experience is so romantically euphoric the princesses are only able to leave for a very brief time. They become addicted to the experience and are willing to do anything to return. The lives of a few unworthy men no longer seem very important. What is important is the freedom of the dance, the ability for them to have autonomy even if it is only an illusion. Sadly, it's an experience seen in our world, too. Young women who seek release from parents who treat them as children are easily ensnared by romance, drugs, or reckless behavior. A slight indulgence can cascade into the dance of death. It's a folktale motif we see quite often, a frenzied kind of dance in which the dancing never stops. In this tale, the mystery is finally unraveled by a poor, wounded soldier. 
in an act that shows worthiness he picks the oldest daughter as his wife rather than the youngest who was probably twelve years old however if he was worthy by today's standards he would have picked a daughter and given her the freedom of choice yet it's one our culture still struggles with what happens when the dancing does stop andrea blythe in her book twelve poems inspired by the grim fairy tales picks up the story for each sister she creatively envisions her life after the bliss and intoxication of the other world she weaves stories of rage and guilt addiction and mayhem ultimately it is a tale of women who experienced freedom only to be later confined as the property of men these women are not happy campers each story is filled with poetic ideas and beautiful imagery each story answers the question of what happens after happily ever after i recommend this book to listeners who seek to discover what happened next but while i found it highly entertaining it is the backstory that interests me the most remember the poor wounded soldier who is proven worthy by a wise crone she meets the soldier on the road and tells him exactly what he needs to know to expose the lie stop the deaths and save the princesses from the illusions of the other world it's all a bit too convenient if you ask me this is no ordinary old woman this is the wise crone who acts behind the scenes to change the course of events it's a backstory this storyteller plans to tell you right now on that day she placed the cloak over her head and went out in the cold she pushed a loose strand of gray hair back to hide her appearance the raven had told her he was coming and it was none too soon she had been waiting for way too long so many had come so many had died it simply must stop the road was some distance from the castle but even though her face showed the ravages of time her step was still spry perhaps a bit too erect for her station but she carried a basket filled with potatoes as a ruse no one would ever stop to look at an old farm woman she planted herself on a rock and waited at the side of the road from the distance she could see the castle it had been her home for many a year she remembered when she was brought there to marry a king it was a way to broker the peace between her land and his all ties with her homeland were broken that day she thought no one would ever return there but she was wrong her eyes swelled with tears her life flowed through her mind the birth of her children her husband's death their son becoming king his marriage and the birth of their children she loved those girls each one with sparkling eyes and a happy smile her favorite was the eldest the first grandchild she spent much time teaching her the old ways it was the knowledge of the forest and of herbs and healing she gave her the recipe for that sleeping potion damn it it was all her fault she knew what was going on but she couldn't say for it was all about her birthplace the land 
of the fairies. She had held this form so long that she had almost forgotten the magic, the intoxication, and the freedom. Ah, the freedom. She knew what drew the girls there and why they were unable to break the spell, but it had to stop. No more lives could be taken. That curse must be broken. That's what drew her to the rock that long ago December day. A man finally able to break the curse was coming. A man worthy of her granddaughter. A rich man? No. A soldier who was honest, brave, and kind. One who had experienced life and could see what was right before him. He was the one who could break the curse and finally close the door between the two worlds. In the distance, she saw the poor soldier. He was the one who was wounded and could no longer serve in the army. He was making his way to the city where she lived. Everything was about to change. Everything was going to be set right. She was ready to tell him exactly what he needed to know to be victorious. She smiled and patiently waited. The wise crone doesn't get the credit she deserves in this story. All the praise goes to the hero, the poor soldier who solves the mystery, and yet the crone's unexpected actions are what sets things in motion. It's a story many grandparents can identify with when they are unable to influence their children. Ah, mom, stay out of it, they might hear. But sometimes they just can't. The wise crone sees what needs to happen, knows how to achieve justice, and is perfectly willing to wait patiently on the side of the road until that can occur. The wise crone knows it's time for you to leave. Your journey home takes you back through the forest. It may at times be difficult, but no fear. Her final words to you are, Remember to stay on the path. Do not leave the path no matter what you see or experience. And so it was, and so it is. Thank you for listening. We'll meet again the fourth Sunday of each month. This podcast has been sponsored by Heart Symbol Publishing, where you'll find a wide variety of guided imagery downloads to achieve your goals and enhance your life. This is the storyteller, Kathy Shimpak. This podcast is narrated by Linda Bennett. Music is The Snow Queen by Kevin MacLeod at Incompetet.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License. Stories by the Brother Grimm are in the public domain. Music